there was a statement that everybody knows that uh, we do not believe in false teaching here. Amen. And so it was a mistake. Uh, the statement was made. I did not intend to make that statement. I was thinking about something else. And uh statement was made, you cannot be a Christian and a saint at the same time. <laughs> and I wish somebody would have said something to me last Sunday. Now, y'all know now. I know sometimes it seems like I lose my mind, but I'm not going to get up here and intentionally say something that's just not in line with the scripture. Amen. We, yes, we do believe that you can be a Christian and a saint at the same time. Amen. And so I want to make that clear on, on the tape. We say the tape, just whatever source of media it is, podcast, uh, if you're listening we are clarifying from last week. The statement was made a mistake. You can be a Christian and a saint at the same time because they're one and the same. You cannot be a Christian and a sinner. That was the statement I was trying to make. Amen. You cannot be a Christian and a sinner at the same time. Amen. So now I know why I got all the looks I got last week, but I didn't find out till afterwards. So if y'all hear me say something, please bring it up. If it's out of, you know, sometimes I might test you, you know, throw something out there. <laughs> but I'll usually come back and and correct it. Amen. So, all right, we're going to get into this. Um, and we're going to see. Now, we left off. Uh, we was talking about baptism and specifically talking about water baptism, burying the corpse. And we talked about some information that... Uh, um, in fact, what I would like to do, if it's okay, just for a moment, I think we got some time today. I would like to, now we're going to pass the mic because that way whoever's listening, they'll be able to hear what else is going on. Say again. Got it. Um, but I would like for somebody, anybody, to tell us what you've got out of what we've been talking about thus far. What is it meant to you, the things that we've been talking about? We've gone over a couple of things, just a couple of points. Um, the PowerPoint is not up there, but we'll, uh, yes, please. Yeah, I agree. Um, but anybody willing to recap or tell what you got out of what we've talked about thus far? I like to do that every now and then. Nobody? So nobody got anything. <laughs> See, this is like your pop quiz right here. Oh, okay. Hold on one second. Let me give you the mic, Sister Sonia. Praise God. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. 
of God with our heart, mind, and soul. And I, uh, I'm a church of God Amen. Outstanding. Outstanding. Thank you, Sister Sony. Anybody else? <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to pick up where we left off. And so a, a lot of those topics, um, I, you know, I'm a firm believer. Again, I mentioned this before, but you, you have to. The group that we have here today, we understand, you know, what it means to be baptized in Jesus' name, what it means to be baptized by his spirit. We understand what it means to repent. We understand those things. We call those fundamentals. I will tell you, sometimes it's good to get back to the fundamentals or what we say, get back to the basics. It's so easy sometimes to get wrapped up as you look at our society. We're so fast paced. I mean, you know, remember kindergarten when you used to go to kindergarten, you play with blocks, you know, you had nap time and stuff. Remember that? You know, you wasn't learning geometry in kindergarten before. But it almost seems that that that's what they're doing in kindergarten now. Everything is so rapid, you know, and sometimes we lose sight of the basics. You know, that's the part of the foundation. Amen. So sometimes it's good to get back to the basics. I always, you know, I like to do that because it's it's one of those things, a reinforcement. It's not like you don't know it, but it's a reinforcement. It's a reminder. You know, uh, that's what the gospel is about, is it not? About what God did for us through Jesus Christ to afford us the opportunity so that we can be saved. So that should never get old. In fact, you know, it's one of those things that I'm kind of going ahead here in my lesson, but that's one of those things that we should be prepared to do, you know, as we go about. If you can't do anything else, you can tell about the gospel. You may not be a theologian. You may not, you know, you may not have gone to school and, and, and gotten your degree in theology. But you can go and tell about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it's impacted your life. You can tell your testimony. And we should be prepared to do that. That is the best way to reach somebody. Did you know that? You can reach a theologian in society just by telling your testimony. Did you know that? It happens. So sometimes it's not in the complicated things, you know. All that has its place. But sometimes it's good just to get back to the basics. And so that's what we're doing, reinforcing the basics. Matthew 28 and 19, this is where we left off last week. Um, and I... Again, would like to have volunteers to read because I just think it's awesome. And uh, we are in competition with a bunch of kids who are praising the name of our God downstairs, having a Holy Ghost party. And so try not to be distracted. <laughs> Any volunteers? Matthew twenty-eight nineteen.
Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, sir. So, okay. Jesus is commanding, he's teaching, uh, telling the disciples, commissioning them. We always call this the, one, uh, the Great Commission, right? And he's telling them to go out there and teach all the nations, okay? Not only are you going to teach them, but you're going to baptize them in the name. So, let's see. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, that's one name, right? And of the Son, that's two names, right? And of the Holy Hey, I'm doing this intentionally now. All right. I was... <laughs> Is that three names? Now, it doesn't take an English major to recognize what's going on here. And the disciples weren't confused about what Jesus was saying. When you baptize, you baptize in one name. That name covers the relationship of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. That one name covers it all. That's the name I want you to use when you baptize. So when we talk about the formula of water baptism, it's in the name. Luke chapter 24, verse 46 Look at all them volunteers raising their hand. God bless you. Verse 46 through 47. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus should behold Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance Oh, all right. So here comes Luke, and he's jumping on the bandwagon. So according to Luke, Jesus says again that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in whose name? How would you feel if you went to work and you worked hard trying to make a profit and somebody else got paid for the labor you put forth? How would that make you feel? When it was time to write the check, they didn't write it in your name. But you did the work. How would you feel? Right? Feel broke. Feel broke. I understand that. But you would definitely feel slighted, right? I did this. You know, God told us in the Old Testament, he says, I'm I'm a jealous God. There's none beside me. The Israelites, you know, 
when you look at the Israelites, I mean, they just had a lot of nerve. Here it is. God does all this stuff for them to save them, deliver them from Egypt. I mean, with a mighty hand. Can you imagine being there? I always I I refer back to it because to me it's amazing to think about the fact that all these things happen. And, and, you know, it's said that a lot of the plagues that came were like judgments against their God. It was basically to tell them that the gods that you serve are really nothing. I'm the one in control. So when he sent all the locusts and all the frogs and, you know, uh, the... The boils and the lice and all that, right? The darkness. What was amazing? I'm always amazed at the fact that here it is. The slaves. Whose God was really nothing, according to Pharaoh. I don't know this God and I'm not going to listen to him. Who is he that I have to listen to him? Yet and still, these same people are not affected. Your animals are dying next door. My animals are good. Your house is infested with all kinds of locusts, lice, you know, flies and frogs and just nasty, you know, just. Man, they couldn't make enough raid for that. You know, but next door, the Israelites were like, hey, we're good. And darkness came, they still got light. That's amazing to me. Y'all hear them testimonies about, you know, how the tornadoes come through and, you know, just skip over a house? That's amazing to me. Pastor, you know, he's talked about it, he's testified it, it's his testimony. Truck flips over a few times and... He walks away, barely touched. He just sitting there and his drink, I think. Then your drink was still in uh <laughs> Come on now, you can't tell me that ain't God. All the things that God did for his people. God did the work, right? So then who deserves the glory? The credit should go back to whom the credit is due. But like the Israelites, it's easy to get caught up and lose sight. How did we ever get to the point where we even we even thought it was okay? And I know you go through the Roman Catholic and you know go to the history and you read their books and all that, the Vaticanists and all that. You see what document uh documentations they made so on and so forth by how they derived to the point where they're at now all the influences you know but even with that if your reference was the teachings of jesus christ and what the apostles wrote how do we ever get to the point where we think now it's okay not to use that name didn't jesus say use the name right Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is okay. So that's all right. So so here's how it works then. When you want me to do something, you need me to do something. Just say, hey, um, I need the Father to uh, go ahead and, and, and mow the grass at the church. 
I might show up because I'm a father. But since you didn't call my name, I'm not obligated to do it. I need a son to come and clean the church, wash down the windows. I might show up because I'm a son. But I'm not obligated because you didn't call my name. Right? In the military, you know, the longer you're in, you you learn the ropes, right? So when they say, I need a volunteer, I need a soldier to go do such and such. Well, if you don't want to do it, then you don't raise your hand. (laughs) And hope they don't pick on you anyway. (laughs) But you said a soldier. You didn't say me. Right? But it's the same way. So then Jesus, he's not obligated to wash away our sins if we don't use the name. We can call on Father, Son, and Holy Ghost all day long. That's great. Oh, so you recognize my relationship. That's good. All right. But what's my name? Right. You call, come in Walmart talking about, I need a father, father, father. Where you at, father? Wonder how many people going to turn around. <laughs> That's a good one, Sister Bell. <laughs> Depends on how many priests are there. Okay. (laughs) All right. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. I'm going to leave that one alone. (laughs) Too many volunteers. Come on, man. Look at that. Thank you, sister. You know, I tell you. That's why I love the people of God. I love being in the church, being with the people of God. I don't mind going to work and being on the battlefield for a little bit, but it's always good to be around the people of God. Fellowship. Talking about the word, encouraging, edifying. That's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Go ahead. And whatsoever ye do in the word of or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and and the Father by him. Everything we do, no exclusions, right? So you remember that little story I gave you all, a little blurb I put in there about, you know, how I heard a preacher talk about it. Was, it doesn't matter what you say or what they say when you go down underwater because you can't hear them. Yes, it does. Jesus said, I mean, if he put it in his word multiple times, it must be important enough. When we teach doctrine, we know that we don't base doctrine off of just one passage of Scripture. Line upon line, precept upon precept, right? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established, right? So we know, I mean, and again, I'm not talking to anyone that doesn't know in here, but this is important, and if somebody's listening on podcast or whatever, it's important to know that the name of Jesus must be used. It's like getting in the shower. You can get wet all day long, but if you don't use that soap, you're going to come out dirty and wet. 
But using that soap is what's going to help wash away all that crud and all that dirt that you've accumulated over the, throughout the day. Using the name of Jesus was going to wash away all that sin. Amen? <clears throat> because his blood is applied to our lives. All right. So Acts chapter 2, verse 38, we find that the apostles carried out the instructions of Jesus Christ. That's why the book is called Acts, because it's telling you the very actions of the apostles as they executed what they were commanded to do after they were empowered. And we find that Jesus already promised them that they were going to receive power. Okay. And so Acts chapter 2 lets us know this was the the initial establishment of the church as God pours out his spirit, the prophecy fulfilled by Joel 2 and 28. And Peter preaches about that on the day of Pentecost. He preaches all this stuff about Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, what happened, the one you crucified, he's both risen, he's alive. Okay, they heard all this. Verse 37 lets us know that they were pricked in their hearts. That pricking is that conviction part. After they have heard the word, there's an indication there that somewhere between verse 36 and verse 37, they have embraced what they've heard. And it causes them to get to a point where they're ready to change. Who brought them to that point? Remember what we said, right? How can you come to repentance? The only way you can come to, come to repentance is by who? God has to draw you, right? If he doesn't draw you, if he doesn't even give you that mindset or that heart to repent, you can't just approach God on your own terms, right? So they're pricked in their hearts, they're convicted, and they ask the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? What, what does Peter say in Acts chapter 2, verse 38? You don't even need to turn to it, do you? First thing he says is what? Repent, right? And then what? In what name? I thought he said Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There it is. He said the name. He carried out what Jesus said. He revealed the name that was supposed to be used that covered. See, this is why when we, you know, when you're talking to folks and you're trying to witness to people and they, you know, they believe in Trinity and all that other stuff, you actually have an advantage with them. Let me word that differently. You have something to work with. You believe in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Guess what? Those are titles and relationships in the scripture. But now let's fine tune what you know. Let's put it together. You got a whole, more le- you got a whole lot more leverage with them than you do with somebody that's Muslim. You got a little ground with them. They at least recognize Jesus as a prophet. So, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission 
of sins. And isn't that what we saw in both Matthew 28, 19? You put that together with Luke chapter 24. This is what Jesus told him to do, did he not? Go preach that repentance or uh, baptism. Hold on, what was that? What was the wording? I know you said remission of sins. I just want to see what the. That repentance and remission of sins, is that what it says? Should be preached in my name. Right? So here it is, the Apostle Peter, first opportunity. And that's what he starts preaching. That's what he starts teaching. And then we find that on that day, there were added to the church 3,000. Hey, y'all like that number? Guess what? It's still possible today. All he did was preach the gospel. He simply carried out what Jesus told him to do. I wonder sometimes how much we cut ourselves short just because we ain't doing what God told us to do. We get busy doing everything else but what he told us to do. All right, that was a side note. Okay, Acts chapter 8, verse 16. I'm sorry, I just throw a lot of them in there because that's how it hits me. Y'all okay with that? Everybody doing all right? Okay. I know we got 50 people in here, but uh, hey, you got souls ain't been claimed yet. It's okay. I see them by faith. Acts chapter 8, verse 16. What do we see? Anybody? What did Mike get? I want them to hear it on podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Sonny. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus. They were baptized in whose name? Lord Jesus. Mm. That name is powerful. Acts chapter 10, verse 48. You know, we got to see now the bedrock of the church, very foundation started in this book, right? Sort of. It actually started with Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, but uh, chapter 10, verse 48. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then pray they him to tarry certain days. So there's an S on the end of that word name, right? No, there's not. All right. So so indication there is just one name, right? So we obviously know what name that was because we already see examples of what the apostles did. It's so important uh, to know that. You know, we already talked about burying the corpse a little bit earlier or last week. Burying that corpse is important. You can sprinkle some dirt on something, okay? Just like you can sprinkle some soap on something. But just because you sprinkle soap, take a dish. Take a dirty dish and just sprinkle soap on it and, and just and put it up. 
and see if somebody going to eat off of that dish. You got to submerge that thing, right? So it's the same thing, okay? The apostles obviously carried it out. The power of water baptism can only be experienced when we invoke the one and only authorized name. It is important to understand that this name was not designated by the will of humanity. Our preferences and votes are insufficient when determining how this ceremony, water baptism, is conducted. God's plan of salvation can only be initiated by believing, speaking, and worshiping the name Jesus. When we believe and speak the name of Jesus, it produces power. Produces power to destroy the barrier of sin, purge our souls with his blood, and reconcile us back to God. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. I'm going to throw out a couple of scriptures here. We're going to read those and we are going to move on. So if I can get somebody to get Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Anybody? And Brother Richard, you said you take. Okay, thank you, sir. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Thank you, sir. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Anybody, any takers on that one? Galatians chapter 3, verse, thank you, Pastor. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. Any takers? Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. Sister Son, you got it? Pastor already took one. He got Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. You good with that, Sister Sonia? Get, uh, Gal- uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. Sister Bell? Thank you, ma'am. All right, let's start off with uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So in order to glorify God, you got to use what? Name. That's the name that God has exalted. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Why? Because neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. All right. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So, remember, I I said this a couple weeks ago. Talk about being members of the church, right? How do you become a member of the church, the actual church of God? 
You're baptized or born again. That's what makes you a member in the sight of God. I know we've got formalities and things that we do to kind of, you know, to gauge your faithfulness and things like that. But in the sight of God, this is what makes you a member of the body of Christ. When you are baptized into Christ, you are, you put, or, I said it right. When you baptize into Christ, you are put on Christ, right? Mm-hmm. You become a member of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of, of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism. Mm. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and it took off out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphantly over triumphantly over them in it. That's what makes this so powerful. Mm-hmm. He's already conquered it all. And every part of us, every one of us that was in sin, all the things that we've done, When we came to God, the powerful thing about this is that our sins were nailed to the cross. Y'all read that, right? Generations before I came into existence, God already had my best interest in mind. Look at what he's, I like verse 14, blotting out the handwriting. This is what salvation is is really about. He says you were guilty. The charges against you. You We deserve, I deserve the sentence of death. But he took care of it. He paid the debt that I owe. He became sin for me and took on the penalty and the punishment that I deserve. That's why we use the name of Jesus, because nobody else did it but him. I can't just give anybody credit for what he's done. I don't want there to be any confusion of who I'm worshiping and who I'm praising I don't mind calling on the name of Jesus because that's the name that saved me and changed my life. And when I speak that name, when I'm going about, whether it's in my home or my job or wherever I go, when I speak that name, things happen. Because that's the name that God, that he chose. 
Neither is there salvation in any other, because there's none other name given under heaven among men, whereby we must be saved. He's defeated all principalities and powers, and he revealed that openly, showing that he was triumphant over it all. Guess what, y'all? We win. In Jesus' name, we win. In Jesus' name, we win. In Jesus' name, we win. In, in Jesus' name, we win. We're talking about being conquerors, right? In Jesus' name, we win. Praise God. Talking about being a conqueror. Conquering your giants. In Jesus' name, I've already won. That's what David did. He didn't know the name Jesus at the time, but he knew who God was. He knew the power of God. And he knew there was none greater than him. You ever heard that song, victory is mine, victory is mine, victory today is mine. Let me tell you what I did. I told Satan, get thee behind. You know what he said you could do? He says, resist the devil. Why are you running? Why are you afraid? Stand up to that demon and say, uh-uh, wait a minute now. I, don't, I got authority now. Oh, he's giving me power. Oh, you might have had me before. I was bound before. I had no clue. I didn't have any understanding. I didn't have any sight. But now I've got clarity. I understand where I'm at now. He's called me out of that darkness into his marvelous light. He's shown me some things. He's empowered me. So now I can look you in the face and say, you need to go. You run. Or as they say, it gets to stepping. Make him leave. Make him flee. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. was a cheerleader. <laughs> Washed. You know, that justified part is important. Oh, sorry. Because God is a just God, is he not? So think about the privilege that we have to be in God's presence. I've heard it said like this. I'm going to count down right now because last, last week I saw five minutes and it became ten minutes. All right, three minutes. I heard it said like this. Before, if you was going before a king, and of course today we got a president, you know, we got dignitaries, the mayor, so on and so forth. Chances of what they used to do, they would prepare you before you went before the king. That was the proper procedure. You couldn't just go before the king in any condition. You had to be prepped. 
Why? Anybody tell me why? So that means that it had to be pleasing to him. He had to be pleased with your appearance. Because the king had the power just at the mention of saying, away with them. Whatever he commanded, if he commanded your life to be taken, it was done. If he pardoned you, you were pardoned. Whatever he decreed, that's what was done. Now, we understand that. How much more our great king in heaven who rules over the universe. When we go before him, it's important how we go before him. That's why he put these things in place to make sure that we are presentable in his presence. That's what Paul says in Romans 12 and 1. Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you do what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. How? Holy. And what? Unto who? And that's just your reasonable service. That's what we're supposed to be doing anyway. So he's made it possible so we can do that. Okay, so I'm wrapping this up. I see it. One minute. I did it today. Thank you, Jesus. We'll pick up next week. Talking about receiving the power and getting into wearing the armor. And then we're going to dig in and start talking about how to conquer fear and all those other things. Amen? Amen. Y'all pray for me.